Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Girl Finance Podcast. I'm your host Selena. We are the community of unapologetic, ambitious, money-minded women and I am so excited today because we have on a creator of a digital investment platform. So think of like Calgary Tansdown, think of Vanguard, think of all of these digital platforms where you go to invest. We have a creator of one with us today. They've created a new platform, it's called Wealthate, and one of the founders is called Bimpe Komchu, and she has agreed to talk to us today. So Bimpe is from Nigeria, she's a black woman, and I am just so happy to have on the show someone who is creating a platform to get us all invest in. If you listen to the podcast, have read the book, come to any of the workshops that we do, you will know that I'm a massive big advocate of women, black women investing to bridge the gaps that exist. So the gender pay gap, the ethnicity pay gap, the racial wealth gap, investing is one of those tools we can use to ensure that we are bridging those gaps. So I'm really, really excited that we have someone who has built a platform. I've been on it. I've made my first investment on it and yeah I'm really excited so I'm gonna let Bimpe introduce herself shortly but just to say if you like the Black Girl Finance platform and podcast make sure you like share and subscribe but yeah I'm gonna introduce you guys to Bimpe. to have you with us today to talk about the incredible digital investment platform you've created called Wealthate. But first of all, let's get our listeners introduced to you. So if you tell them a little bit about yourself and also your background. Right. Hello, um, Selena. Thank you for inviting me on to this podcast. Um, my name is Bingpei Konshu. Um, born and raised in Nigeria, in Lagos, Nigeria. I moved to the UK about 25 years ago. Uh, I'm a lawyer by background and training, and um, yes, I think I've sort of pivoted from law into private wealth, but I would say all of the skills and knowledge I bring to the business I run and to my clients comes from that sort of background in just being a lawyer, a listener, a negotiator, uh, wow. and that's me. I'm a mother of three young adult children um, as well amazing it's lovely to have you here like I say and just um, to hear about all of your expertise um, so can you talk about that um, pivot from lawyer into private wealth so how long have you been uh, kind of a practicing lawyer for and how does the private wealth come into it I've been practicing law now just over 30 years I've been I qualified as a lawyer in Nigeria in 1987 and then uh, requalified in the UK in 1997. And initially, I would describe myself as a sort of a corporate lawyer. And mm-hmm. when I moved to the UK, I set up a law practice as a solicitor, uh, really in the sort of corporate but also private client space, really advising uh, companies and clients. I would say my niche practice was people doing business on the African continent, just taking okay. advantage of the fact that my, you know, I'm a Nigerian qualified lawyer and a UK qualified lawyer, so I could switch back and forth, you know, advising people doing business both in Nigeria and the UK. Um, mm-hmm. Fast forward, the, firm, the law firm in, in the UK was set up in 1998, uh, but fast forward, you know, it lasted 18 years. But during that journey, I realized I was, in, I was advising more and more um, affluent African families who were doing business in, with the UK companies who were coming into the UK to invest their hard-earned wealth in real estate, in their children's education, 
And um, I then also was very busy in the area of probate, which is what happens when a family loses, yeah. usually loses the breadwinner or a significant um, asset holder. And of course, the assets need to be distributed to family members. And I realized that's one thing African families don't do well. We don't plan. Oh, I love that time. you said that. Yeah, I love that you said that, Bimpe. It's the same sometimes in um, you know Caribbean communities as well, that long-term mm -hmm. planning. We just don't. We, we, we live for the moment. Um, and unfortunately, you know, one thing that everybody says is sure is death and, and taxes. So, you know, yes. <laughs> we're all sure to go to the great beyond one day. And I think it's, you know, it's only a responsible uh, parent or, you know, uh, leader in the family who really should sit down at some point and arrange their affairs and, um, you know, sort of put things in place such that the estate will pass on, um, no matter how small it is, to the next generation in a very seamless and conflict-free manner. Absolutely. Now, that caught me thinking. That got me to realize that there was a big gap in the service required to African families um, in that area of, you know, estate planning, structuring of their affairs. And many of my clients were international families with assets mm -hmm. in the US, in the UK, um, mixed marriages, people, you know, from Nigeria, married to the Caribbean, married to, you know, English and uh, or U.S. persons, and assets distributed across the world, children who are born and raised in Nigeria, one minute studying and working in the U.K. or the U.S., and therefore the tax implications of those international families was quite complicated, and mm -hmm. it meant that if you didn't really sit down to arrange your affairs in a tax-friendly and also in a way that is incorporating the interests of all the various family members. What tends to happen is that, unfortunately, families end up in court, mm -hmm. and you know that dispute will actually just erode the value of the wealth. So my journey took me into private wealth via that need to, I would say, help clients arrange their affairs in the you know easy, conflict-free, and tax-efficient manner. Mm -hmm. And that, mm -hmm. that's what happened. And then yes. um, the law firm itself. You know, for various reasons, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a serial entrepreneur. That was my second career, having worked in Nigeria as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Realized my business partner and I at the time felt, oh, gosh, you know, it's getting harder to do this. Let's do something else. So we wound the firm up, you know, mutually amicably. And I decided to continue with the portfolio of um, affluent uh, families who I'd been, become very close to. And really yeah. established what I realized what had become a multifamily office which meant that I could, I could give the clients a, a holistic service to do with law, tax, um, financial planning, real estate management, you know, and anything else. You know, even um, educating and, and supporting the next generation in understanding money or, and all of that on, yeah. on one platform. And so the yeah. business which I run called W8 Advisory was born out of that. And it really means, and in, I would say in you know, European countries of wealth, where families of wealth tend to have a family office where they have all of these skills, you know, there for them. And I said, well, many families in Africa are not yet you know, wealthy enough to afford all of you know, their own family office. So if I develop a platform and invite families on board saying, through me, you can access the best in class service worldwide. Mm -hmm. So I don't employ all the lawyers and tax advisors and financial planners that my clients need, but I have an amazing, I think, uh, you know, d database of and contacts that I can yeah. call on and, and just put a team together to ensure that the clients can get that service very quickly in a seamless fashion. And so yeah. my office is sort of the 
uh, I would say, the, the gatekeeper for many of these families. And that's what W8 Advisory, which is a company that was born in 2014 after I, uh, you know, wound up the law firm. That's a company that's solidly a private wealth company. Yeah. Perfect. I just want to touch upon um, kind of two things that you mentioned. Number one is you're absolutely right. The complexities of, I guess, um, you know, uh, black African or black Caribbean diaspora um, in terms of how we live our lives. And, you know, um, I think sometimes maybe being born in the UK, even myself, I can take it for granted that, you know, everyone's had the, you know, a similar background to myself of, um, you know, my parents coming over here um, kind of settling over here. Uh, I don't think either of them have any plans to go back home. Mm. Um, and, 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 and similarly for myself, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm kind of living here. But it's, it's always interesting for me when I talk, talk to people who aren't, you know, having, you know, maybe their, their parents have come over here and set up their businesses. But there is yeah. still that, that thorough connection to, to back home and wanting to go back home. And, you know, yeah. like you said, doing that schooling, um, you know, maybe in... Um, in Nigeria and over here or in different places and and that's the thing that we don't necessarily see a lot of the complexity of the diaspora and um and kind of how we live our lives so I'm glad I've got you one to I guess highlight that um because it's not it's you know black people are not all kind of one size fits all and we're not kind of homogenous in in what we do and how we do things but equally that kind of planning that life 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 financial planning is needed regardless of if you know you are you know someone like me in the UK and kind of um you know I'm I'm a a mother as well so my son is in the UK as well um you know so whether we've decided to settle here or whether we've got that um I guess that um kind of dispersed um experience whereby we may be you know operating in 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 Nigeria UK Europe uh, and so on and so forth but you still need that that financial planning um and then yeah I just love your um your kind of experience your history you know starting mm. as a lawyer in Nigeria um opening and, and retraining in the UK mm. and then moving into um um you know the private wealth practice and now on to wealth eight which is a, yeah. a digital platform <laughs> yeah yes yeah the fintech space Yes, yeah, and, and just to say, I really wanted to have, um, I really want to highlight Wellfate and, and kind of what else, what Wellfate is mm. doing and, and how it operates because you know we hear about all of these other um, fintech apps that are not perhaps created by um, you know black black people. Um, so I really wanted to highlight essentially an alternative to to people who are listening so um just in case um no one you know people are listening are unfamiliar with wealth eight when was wealth eight launched and and can you just let them know what it does and and how it works right thank you so wealth eight wealth is a a digital investment platform um i would say with the soft launch in december of 2020 so barely um three months ago uh, although we started working on the idea at the beginning of 2020, and I say we by myself and David Fusayo, my co-founder, and mm-hmm. um, the, the whole idea uh, be, behind Wealthit uh, as a technology-driven platform is really about providing access and information about savings and investing to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really. I mean, I grew up I'm a child of the 60s, and I grew up, um, you know, in a family where I was fortunate to have parents who were, I would say, you know, middle to high income earners, both uh, medical doctors who were able to educate us well, live a good life. 
but as a girl, I didn't really have, I wasn't sensitized to the idea of um, investing. Saving, <laughs> yes, but not. Yeah. <laughs> that's the wealth age is supposed to. The idea is to democratize and really provide, inc include everyone. And I like, mm -hmm. and I read your book, if I could just uh, turn it back to you, uh, the book Black Hill Finance. And I just loved it when you said that you don't need a degree um, to work on your budget, to work on your finance. Yeah. And yeah. that's what the idea that's is. That's how well, we can feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to make it really accessible in an easy and affordable way. Um, there yeah. are all the digital apps out there, but one thing we're doing is also we're speaking to ourselves. I mean, David and I are both, um, you know, Nigerian born, but David's been, you know, he's basically been living, living in the UK all his life. So, we, you know, we have mm -hmm. an international uh, aspect. But at the same time, we realize that not enough is being done to encourage and to nurture uh, our own generation um, of black people, of multi-ethnic people in living in the UK and even on the continent of Africa, where we all started mm -hmm. from, about the need to start the journey to investing, saving and investing early. And mm -hmm. that's really mm -hmm. is one who we're passionate about, to bring in this message, advocating this message, not just to everyone out there, but specifically to our uh, you know, community in the diaspora and back home. Yeah, and I and I, I just love the fact that you have got that that fintech product. You know, I um, recently wrote an article, I think it was for Tortoise Media, and spoke about the fact that, you know, for Gen Z, millennials and Gen Z, mm -hmm. you know, um, we are the ones that you know adopt these apps, these new fintech apps, yeah. and these new digital. Um, um, yeah, these new digital tools that, that and, and it makes it like you said, it kind of democratizes and opens up the technology to everybody. Um, but I feel like your platform is different in that I know that you are really focused on the kind of education piece for people yes. as well. So making sure that as well as, you know, giving them access, they also have access to that good, solid educational piece around kind of investing and what they're investing in as well and I think that's super super important the two need to definitely go hand in hand and that was the point of my article because um, I mean it's it's great and amazing that we're no longer excluded and your platform the fact that you've got a digital app that allows people to to you know invest I guess um, and I'll ask you about how it kind of works or what people can expect um, I'm imagining that it's in a similar way as, as um, the other kind of apps that are available on the market yeah. but equally that that um education piece and that fact that it is for um you know uh you know people you know focused on people who are from um kind of our backgrounds is, is great for me and, and that's why I really wanted to support support the app and, and talk about it so um so yeah, yeah. so I mean to be honest, I, yeah, I mean to be honest with you I like I said earlier so my work in the private wealth industry has had you know it had already been you know, predominantly for wealthy families people who've already mm -hmm. accumulated and acquired that a huge amount of wealth people who the public mm -hmm. banks would happily welcome on board as clients because they've got x million dollars and that's all yeah but you know I then realized that hang on there's a whole generation of people on the African continent yeah. and even in the diaspora who are on their journey and yet until yes. they make that million um, the private banks won't talk to them just absolutely private banks won't help them set up their own portfolio won't actually educate them mm -hmm. 
about why you're yes. investing. So your bank, private bank will take your money and make you sign up to letting them invest it. But half the time I sat in meetings with clients who I realized even though they were sophisticated medical doctors or lawyers or, you know, uh, industrialists, actually didn't understand really in detail what, what this portfolio was about. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I felt, you know, technology is great. That's one thing about it. It's, it's, it helps you to, to build scale. It helps you to access anyone and everyone. And they don't all have to pay mm-hmm. a huge amount of fees a private banker would charge for just sitting down in front of them to explain what's a stock or bond or ETF or what have you. So that's why te- mm-hmm. I felt fintechs, um, I would say, amazing um, you know, uh, benefit is that anyone yeah. anywhere who has access and who has a little bit of education about, and I think most of the African continent, most of us these days are digitally enabled, can actually yes. learn, like you said, be educated on the basics on of what, mm-hmm. why they're investing, what they're investing in, why they're investing, um, just even linking it to, into their lifestyle. So we, we will be yeah. um, on, I mean, if you click on www.wealth8.com right now, it's there, it's live. And we are already, we have a, a, a bi-weekly newsletter and, and we are on Medium and we post lots of articles about everything from tax issues to borrowing, to just lifestyle, health, art, everything. Because really and truly, you realize that our finances are an integral part of our, our lives. There's no escaping Life, money. Yes. Everything we do. Absolutely. You need money you to need do money a lot of things. Yeah. So it's not just <laughs> yes, about oh, stocks and bonds, but it's about lifestyle. It's about financial freedom. It's mm-hmm. about your mm-hmm. long-term future your, and your, your today to, your, and tomorrow. In fact, our strap line is your wealth is your, your future, really. Mm-hmm. So that's, I would say, in, in a nutshell, you know, the reason behind establishing this uh, portal and we've got a web-based platform mm-hmm. at the moment and we're working on building the mobile app. So it's, it's you know, it's early days yet, but we're very excited about just, you know, the fact that it will open up such an amazing world of opportunity um, to our users. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited as well. So um, if someone wanted to use the, um, obviously the, the website at the moment, so what can they expect? What, how does the platform work? Right. So like I said, you log into wealth8 or wealth-8.com and right there and then, you will be on the landing page and you, you know, you'll scroll up, up and down. Now, what we are doing right now is um, we're, at the moment, we've got access to uh, investment products by BlackRock. BlackRock is a well-known global investment management house. So that we've actually got mm-hmm. access to four of the BlackRock funds, mutual funds, which are a combination of all sorts of shares and stocks and bonds from different countries and different uh, industries. So it's a well-balanced portfolio. And the whole idea mm-hmm. is when you decide based on, you'll also be led to uh, you know, see the risk rating. So if you're a low risk, cautious investor, yeah. or you know, you're slightly yeah. more, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're more of a risk taker because there is some risk in yeah. investing. That's one thing we always say: capital at risk. Yeah. Know. But yes, we, it says it in the book as well. Yeah. <laughs> explanations, and you'll decide based on you know which one suits your appetite and your and your time horizon. Click on the button, and you'll be invi- invited to on to be onboarded, which is you know all of your personal details. Obviously, for compliance reasons, we'll do a digital KYC, get to know who you are, understand that you're you know a genuine person, and and everything's all right. And then there yeah. it is, you Just, can open, yeah, and you can invest. Amazing. Um, just to clarify, so KYC is like know your customer. 
Is that right? No, your customer, absolutely. Yeah, just, right. to, just to clarify. Exactly. So um, all, all the questions you're asked about who you are, date of birth, your NI number, they're all questions we have to ask from a, because obviously we're F, FCA, the, we're regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK. And so mm-hmm. we're obliged to ask all those questions about our clients before we actually allow them to open an account. Yeah. And ask all those questions. The account is open. Uh, you can fund your account. You're encouraged to hopefully set up a standing order and the money is being invested straight away as soon as you put the money in it goes into the hands of blackrock and it's invested with time mm-hmm. we will have other investment products and um, we're starting with blackrock and in fact we're introducing an, an esg um, which again is a fund that only invests in sustainable green you know type companies we'll introduce that shortly but there'll be various funds various products um, all with a global reach and like I said, there will be lots of there are lots of FAQs frequently asked questions. If you're not sure about what what you're investing in, there'll be enough information to sort of guide you through what what exactly each mutual fund contains. And so yes, that's that will hopefully it will be a seamless experience. Uh, we're due to launch it to the public at the moment. If you go online, you'll be asked for an invitation code. Mm-hmm. So between now and April, and I would encourage you to please sign up. Um, website you should on the website or you can send us an email to hello at wealthaid.com to get an invitation code and we'll send you a code to to actually um, open your account but I would say from middle to end of April it will be open to the public but at the moment you'll be asked to to, 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 send us an email to get an invitation code amazing amazing no it sounds it just sounds great you know it sounds like um and I know that you've got the option to um, just open up a, a, a like a, an ISA. You can open up an ISA. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. An ISA exactly. and just a, a regular invest, a general investment account as well. So similar to, you know, if you go on any of these, uh, any platforms out there. So I know that for myself, um, I invest through Vanguard. I also invest mm-hmm. through Hargreaves and Lansdowne, and it's a similar process. You know, you you log on, create your, your, create your account, you decide... Um, what type of account you want with an ISA or just a general um, investment account and then you decide what mutual funds you want exactly. to invest in and like you said um, you've got the four available mm-hmm. through BlackRock and you can look at all of the information about it um, p- plus you've got your frequently asked questions as well so you've got that education piece like I say I cannot stress uh, uh, enough how important it is um, to have that education piece and um also, the fact that you have got mutual funds in there as well. I'm a, a huge, huge advocate of, of starting investing using, you know, through mutual mutual funds for that long term wealth building. So, yeah, that's that steady long term diversified wealth building rather than. Um, yeah. But um, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you've mentioned as well ESG, which yeah. is important. You know, we, we want to make sure that we are investing in. Um, companies that are uh, kind of responsible whether that's um you know green um social yes absolutely we need to with what's going on in in the world today in the media oh Mm -hmm. honestly (laughs) um so yeah absolutely And, and what do you hope the platform will achieve so what would you say is your biggest maybe one or two goals with the platform i know you mentioned about kind of why um what do you want the the kind of actual outcome to be I mean, of course, the more users we have, I mean, you, I mean, I'd love, you know, to talk to, to, I'd love to just, you know, be on the bus one day or be sitting next to someone and just hear them say, right, yeah, just 
learned how to invest and I just started investing my money through this amazing you know mobile app called Wealth Aid. I'd love yeah. to see it, just see the message spread literally mm-hmm. because I just think um it's so important it's you know the world is as you say at a, at a sort of um funny place at the moment and I think even for our next generation we really want to strengthen their res- resilience and I think being financially mm-hmm. confident is yeah. of building your resilience in to face whatever comes I mean I can imagine that many people who when COVID hit and of course uh, some people have lost their jobs their businesses have been mm-hmm. you know affected many people may not even have had an emergency fund and yeah, there's articles about emergency funds. Why have them? What is it? Why should you have it? And what sort of investments should you put your investment emergency fund in? Some, something conservative, hopefully. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that, you know, the whole idea is I'd love to be able to just feel that I'm reaching people who I don't know. I never had met me. I may never meet me. But at least I, I'm doing something that's impacting not just their lives for today, but the minute they start investing and start really enjoying the fruits of that experience it'll be a long-lasting one and they pass it on to their children and on and on and that's for me is the impact that this could have on not just my this generation but people to come and frankly not just in the uk because the plan yeah. is you know to spread this and get approval for us to be able to take this product global continent, global yeah all around and that's really mm-hmm. what my hope is to just have you know to have a message of saving and investment and financial freedom um, really, I really love that. Absolutely. I honestly, I absolutely love everything that you said. That financial resilience, you know, is so is so important. And um, you mentioned an emergency fund, but equally investing and having that investment strategy yeah. and having that investment strategy when you know immediately as soon as you're able to. Yes. It, it, it is. It will build the foundation for long term wealth. So yeah, I love it. I love. I love the fact that. Um, I, I just can I, I'm just picturing you know that conversation on the bus that you mentioned with someone talking about the welfare app that would be amazing so yes um I'm for that I'm for that goal <laughs> I just want to ask some personal questions about you then and in terms of your finance and I do tend to ask this question quite a bit okay. um so because I talk about um the culture cultural impact of kind of um mm-hmm um finance and I know that you mentioned your, your parents were both doctors but did you grow up in an environment where conversations around money were the norm was easy to talk about no I mean no we didn't talk about money in that sense except when I was asking my dad for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and you know I wish when he, I asked for him he sometimes you know would have said well can't you pay for it from your savings or something like that you know I have to say <laughs> culturally and that's something I I know and I think it's great that as parents in my culture we say we want our children to live a better life than us mm-hmm. for many people mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Nigerian it usually means we want to you know for any money we earn is for our children therefore we, we just want to give them you know benefits and we want to give them the creature comforts that we, even we didn't have so my dad mm-hmm. used to talk about mm-hmm. oh I got my first pair of shoes when I was 10 and I know that at 10 I had I had 30 pairs of shoes to see. So, yeah. Which is great. It's, I have to say I'm fortunate and, and, you know, I just have to thank God that my father and my parents could do that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm sure I could have done well with five pairs of shoes. <laughs> just as yes. well. Yes. And, I still, yeah. and I'm sure that perhaps at a point when I wanted to buy a pair of shoes that I didn't really need, my dad could have said, well, I'm not paying for that unless you pay from your pocket money. So we yeah. talk about, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't get a sense that the money that was being spent on me was 
hard to come by. I, yeah. I was, I grew up in a family where we were asked and as long as we were doing well in our studies, yeah. we got. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. all I'm saying is, um, I, you know, by the time I got married, I was in my late twenties. I had a savings account, but I only saved when I felt like I really didn't, didn't even talk about investing. Nobody, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand where, how my parents had been able to educate four of us, even though they were medical doctors and sent us mm-hmm. off to school in England from Nigeria. And obviously it was much later. When I started the work I do in private work, that I sat with my dad and asked him how he'd invested his money. How did he manage to keep going? And he retired, you know. Mm-hmm. And he just said, yes, I had this portfolio. And then he would, he would, you know, encourage me to come to meetings in the bank with him and I'd listen in on okay. questions. Mm-hmm. But that was... Yeah. That was, was it when you were much father, older? Yeah, absolutely. My, and that, yeah. So I, I came to this late. And I came to it after making my mistakes. Um about not, you know, using overdrafts and using credit cards just to fund yeah. lifestyle things, which frankly, I've sat and looked at my wardrobe in the last one year and realized I haven't worn a pair of shoes with COVID. I've worn, yeah, me neither. I've worn flip-flops <laughs> around slippers. the house. Yeah, I've got my slippers on all day, every day. I, realized, I said to myself, I mean, thank God I started saving and investing in my 40s. But mm-hmm. even then, I still, you know, occasionally will allow myself to do that spending. Oh, I need to treat myself. And I'm realizing, listen, mm-hmm. what, what are we talking about? So no, short answer is <laughs> we didn't talk about finances. We didn't talk about investing. No. Yeah. Not at all. And it's, it's, it's something mm-hmm. I, I, I now I, I look at myself and think, wow, with the power of compound interest. Yes. I put away, because <laughs> I started working. I got my first job out of law school and I was very well paid. I worked at a very good law firm, still one of the top five law firms in Nigeria. But as if I had mm-hmm. saved 10% of my salary and invested every month from then when I when I started my first job at age 27. At 20, mm-hmm. when I, don't know, I, I, know, I qualified as a lawyer at 21. What am I saying? I went to my master's. So I first job at 21 yeah. till now. With compound interest, I'd be making Yes. I think that's a message we have to, I think we need to pause there so that anyone listening can hear this point, a message. And if you're 21, yeah. start now, open up a welfare account. Aside, that's it. I'm not going to tell you an amount. Mm-hmm. And I say to my children now, who are young adults, if you're getting, you know, 500 pounds pocket money because they're all at uni and have to pay them some bills, just assume that you can leave mm-hmm. 450. Put 50 pounds away. Yeah, absolutely. Put 10% away automatically without thinking. And if you can do that, mm-hmm. 10% is of, is of, of 500 pounds today, it could be 10% of 5,000 pounds, you know, when you get that job and you know, what have you. And then, and more. Yeah. And just watch it grow. Yeah. So that's my one regret. That I didn't talk about finances or savings or invest that nobody talked about it. There was nothing out there like this at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At all. So, and and I, I just, I just love that you are, you know, thinking about like the next generation and educating your children and um you know just th- th- thinking about educating the next generation I think that's just so amazing that's so powerful so but that's why your book is yeah so powerful because and it's not just for next generation frankly I'm a woman in you know, my 50s and I know there are many women like me out there who yes you know are living a good life are married um you know not married but have a good life because you know, their jobs are good. Perhaps they've got husbands who mm-hmm. are very affluent. They themselves are earning a lot of money. And they're, and they're mm-hmm. living well. But I look at, I will look at them and say, you're 55 or 50. What have you got put away for that age 75? When mm-hmm. your earning capacity would have reduced, when you might be retired? Got yeah. a 
purchase of real estate, have you got something that's going to give you passive income so you can continue to take mm -hmm. the same holidays and live in the same way past that retirement age? We cannot continue. Mm -hmm. We can't. We, our generation cannot rely on our children the way my parents' generation mm -hmm. did. You know, because my parents' generation probably were not as well educated as their children became. So it was very typical yeah. in our culture, African and Caribbean, to send mom home, home to mom and pay their bills. Yeah, yeah. We, our generation, yep. cannot do that because our children, as we can see, are having a harder start to life than mm -hmm, we did with mm -hmm. the pandemic. And we know they're starting life in a way that we didn't at all. So we bring yeah, that burden. Absolutely. So if you're 50 today, what have you, and women live longer than men? Yes. Show, absolutely. How are you going mm -hmm. to retire? What have you got said in a rainy day that's going to really, you know, Say, put you know, pay for your bills, your food, your health, your travel. Yeah, when you're when unable you're to unable work, to work. Mm -hmm. or when you've decided to stop working because you're tired, you know, that's five, yeah. you want to just enjoy your grandchildren or just enjoy, enjoy the fruits of your labor. And many people may look at their that at that and realize they haven't got much, they, they, they're living well for the moment, mm -hmm. but have they got a strategy that will give them the same amount of salary that they're getting now? in 25 years time mm -hmm. every month to actually pay those bills to ensure they can live the same lifestyle so it's not just Honestly. younger people yeah you're absolutely right and i get messages from from people as well um who are uh kind of older than me and yeah the book has given them food for thought and you're absolutely right um you know we are living longer we are living longer in general and and women do live longer than yeah. men so you have to have that that, that passive income for longer it needs to stretch longer and with inflation that's another thing to consider um so yeah investing is definitely something that we all need to be doing you're absolutely right and, and definitely and can I add you know for, for you know for my my woman again I think talking about money within between couples can be sometimes challenging and not just money on a, on a daily basis but this question about retirement or even any planning um, you know, post death, it's a conversation that needs to be had, however it's done. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. as I can tell you that as a lawyer and a wealth advisor, uh, it has saddened me to actually, you know, be part of her sorting out a family's affairs when the breadwinner passes on and perhaps the family lived a very good life, but unfortunately nobody talked about money and he didn't tell his family that really he was, they were living on leverage finance and his mortgage to the mm -hmm. hills and suddenly you know the wife realizes that really there's no real cash and so many wives yeah should really be more aware of what the family's finances are like and if they can yeah. supplement and have at least a joint savings or a joint pot they, they, that is where they're sure this will you know look after her or, or him that should be done uh, i think that's also a very in our culture we're not encouraged as women to talk to ask our husbands, you know, <laughs> how he's providing for just yeah. money. He puts money on the table every month, great, but we don't ask him, is there enough money where that's coming from if you pop off tomorrow, either, you know, death or otherwise? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're so, honestly, I'm so glad you brought that up as well because it is such an important mm. point. We are moving away from that, I guess, that traditional idea that you know the, the man is simply the, the breadwinner you know I see horror stories all the time in the newspapers around you know my husband's past and um 
then it's like a horror story about you know what what's been provided or what's what's left um uh, so and you've got that from your own experience and having to unravel yes. and, and deal with um these these um cases so absolutely i think that's a really important message um to get across to our listeners definitely oh it's it's been amazing we could talk about this forever well well done you honestly i'd say back to you for reading for your book uh, especially written by someone oh, with thank a, you. You know, without a finance background it's so easy to read and it's such a great message so uh you know, oh thank you thank so you. much yeah so if people want to find out more about Wellfate, then just just to um recap where can they um find out more details i know you guys are on social media actually well no this episode probably won't go out at the same time as our live but we're going to be doing a live as well an ig live so maybe we can arrange one yes. for when when um um welfare is launched as well and live we'll definitely put that in but where well, can people find out about welfare please follow up at, on your instagram welfare um, is you can follow on, on instagram definitely uh we're on linkedin as well welfare uh the website uh welfare wealth-8.com and if you send an, a, an email to hello at wealthate.com also would would, uh, would would get to us directly and we can answer any queries or any issues if you want to set up an account and having any difficulties. Um, but definitely, um, you know, like I said, the website of the, will be launched publicly. The actual investment tool will be publicly available to anyone, say, from by middle of April. But at the moment, you know, you can get an invitation code from us if you sign up and you get a, a, a weekly, a bi-weekly newsletter as well, which always features interesting people from, again, I would say multi-ethnic and, uh, and the black community who've done, you know, especially interesting things just to show you that money, a little bit of money goes, goes very far. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bimpe. I really appreciate you coming on and yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for the launch of Wellfate. So we will definitely, um, you know, talk about Absolutely. it on our Thank platform. Thank you, Selena. Uh, when Great talking you as well. No Thank problem. Bye. Bye. So, I'm still connected. Thank you so much. I will. I'm going to make a note of when yes, we finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still recording. Yeah, but thank you so so much um, for today. Enjoy the rest of the day. And yeah, we're doing the live today as well, aren't we? Yeah. So we'll we'll speak together later on the live. <laughs> Have a good night. Um, same day. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Bimpei. You know, for me, I think it's awesome that they are not just providing financial education, but they're actually providing the actual platform for you to start investing. And I've been on the platform and it's great, really easy, simple to use and get going as a good platform these days should be. So make sure you check it out. It's www.wealth-8.com. If you are enjoying the Black Girl Finance platform in its entirety, I'm not just talking about the podcast, but I'm talking about the Instagram account. If you've joined any of our workshops or the Black Girl Finance event, had a coaching session, enjoyed the book, whatever it is, do make sure you vote for us in the influencer category at the British Banking Awards. So if you go to at Black Girl Finance UK, click on the link in the bio on Instagram. There is a uh, link so that you can vote for us at the awards in the influencer category. So you know, if you're enjoying the platform, do 
do vote there's still time there's a week to go so yeah we really appreciate all of your support and all of your votes that is all from me guys have a wonderful week and speak to you next week bye